Hello, this is Steve Bailey. Happy to welcome you to the very first episode of Blow Me Down, a Fleischer Popeye podcast. Now then, let me begin by saying that I am far from being a Popeye scholar, and as a matter of fact, I confess that I am very much late to the game as far as Popeye worship is concerned. I did not grow up in an area that had a local kitty show that showed Popeye cartoons, so I only infrequently caught their broadcasts. Those that I saw seemed pretty formulaic. Olive oil gets all snooty with Popeye until Bluto try to ha tries to have his way with her, whereupon Olive screams and Popeye downs some spinach and punches Bluto's lights out. I was never even vaguely interested in Popeye cartoons until I had a son about, who about 10 years ago watched Cartoon Network's broadcasts of the black and white cartoons done by Max and Dave Fleischer. And they were broadcast in the late 1990s and occasionally I would glance at them, and soon I realized that I might have been missing out on something very good. So when Wonder Home Video released a DVD set of Popeye cartoons in the summer of 2007, I snapped it right up. I rarely bought movie DVDs sight unseen those days, but intuition told me I would not be disappointed, and that turned out to be an understatement. I now know that these early gems directed by uh, Max Fleischer, and, or excuse me, Dave Fleischer, produced by Max Fleischer, these are really the ones that cemented Popeye's reputation. The charming stories and wonderfully thought out gags, not to mention the then routine animation that nowadays looks like works of art, are no doubt what extended goodwill toward the Popeye concept well after its heyday, into the more routine theatrical cartoons of the 1950s and the downright abysmal limited animation versions on 1960s TV. It's even more astounding when you realize that the Fleischers ground out these little gems once a month. So this podcast is both my tribute to these sumptuous cartoons and my little way of associating myself, however distantly, with their legend. I just love them, and I want to share the word with others. Uh, a couple of caveats. I am covering the, simply the Fleischer era of Popeye cartoons from 1933 to 1942. I know that the later theatrical cartoons and even the, some of the TV cartoons have their fans, but I'm not among them, and if it hadn't been for the Fleischers, the Fleischers versions, I probably wouldn't have watched Popeye at all. So forgive me my snobbery. Uh, if you want to carry on about the other Popeye eras, please create a website, I mean, or a podcast. Also, <clears throat> for each of the cartoons that I am going to review here, uh, I am going to give each one a rating of what I call one to four spinach cans, which is just like one to four stars, but translated to Popeye. Now, each cartoon should really get four stars <clears throat> just for its very existence, but unfortunately, some are a tad better than others. <clears throat> but as critic Manny Farber in the 1930s once said about the Looney Tunes cartoons, the good Popeye cartoons are masterpieces, and even the bad ones are worth a look. So I hope that the reviews I provide at this podcast will give you a reason to check them out. And as I have said on previous podcasts that I've created, I can't state categorically, but chances are if you look on the internet, you can find these very cartoons for free viewing. Now, before we go any further, I would like to have you state 
Salty Steve's Popeye Pledge. So here we go. Hello, boys and girls of all ages. Once upon a time in the 1950s, a little box called television came of age. At, the time, at first, the little box was good because it introduced your kid, us kiddies to your old pal Popeye. But in the late 50s, the little box started running out of old cartoons, so it had to make its own. And being so small, it didn't have the big budgets for animation like the old ones had, so it made really bad cartoons. Pretty soon, the only part of the animated people that moved was their mouths, and the same backgrounds kept turning up over and over. And a whole generation of kids was taught that this kind of cartoon was the best they could ever hope for. But now the old Popeye cartoons have been put out on DVD and shown on uh, YouTube and elsewhere, and we all found out what a big lie the little box was telling us. So before you go any further on this website, I want you to raise your right hand and repeat the Popeye pledge. You're on the honor system now, so cooperate and don't yank Salty Steve's chain. The Popeye Pledge. As an official fan of the real honest-to-gosh Popeye, I promise to never again wonder how a gruff old one-eyed sailor with a voice like sandpaper could appeal to anyone. Doubt anyone who offers to glad me, gladly pay me Tuesday for a hamburger today. Question the idea that two burly sailors would be willing to fight over a woman who is built like a mop. Naysaying the nutritional and culinary value of eating spinach straight from the can. Gives serious thought to any Popeye DVD cartoon, I'm sorry, Popeye cartoon made after 1957. Ponder the legitimacy status of Sweet Pea. Speak of the colorization process, except in vain. Use the name Brutus only in any Julius Caesar context and nowhere else. And finally, take for granted the opportunity to listen to that old sailor sing his theme song every time he enters the room. All right, let's get on with the podcast proper. There's only one way to do this in chronological order, so let's begin at the beginning with the 1933, 1933 theatrical debut of Popeye, known as Popeye the Sailor also known as Betty Boop Presents Popeye the Sailor. <coughs> right up the man for Popeye the Sailor, <coughs> ash in his hand, right off a whale, stand in a row, yeah. don't let him go, yeah. he's a cinch but every inch a sailor. <laughs> Now, Paramount Pictures hedged their bets by introducing comic strip character Popeye the Sailor to the big screen as a co-star in a cartoon featuring the Fleischer Studios star, Betty Boop. But the Fleischers knew better from the start. The first image of this sailor's debut cartoon features newspapers coming off the press that are headlined, Popeye, a movie star, one of the few instances where Hollywood hype was truly prescient. This, despite the fact that the star enters his first scene singing his theme song while beating up inanimate objects and lifting his sailor shirt long enough to mistakenly show us that he's wearing a girdle. Now, the cartoon gets right down to cases. 
A sailing ship, ship on shore leave dispenses with its sailors, and Olive Oil stands beside it calling for Popeye. However, this is apparently not the first time Olive has met this ship. Two unknown sailors try to hit on Olive even before Bluto arrives on the scene. Naturally, when Bluto does arrive, he also tries to force himself upon Olive. Popeye nonchalantly pushes Bluto aside, bleeding the last line of his theme song in Bluto for good measure. Bluto is so furious that his anger sinks the battleships that are tattooed on his chest. Mm, this can't be good. Then a 10-second establishing shot shows the carnival where the trio is about to enter. Now, not to make too much of it, but when you see this cartoon, take a good look at the hyperactivity in this shot. Objects are moving so quickly that one group of carnival riders is deposited directly from a Ferris wheel onto a roller coaster before they even hit the ground. And a merry-go-round is so giddy that it nearly slides off his framework. Now, try to imagine any cartoon nowadays that would expend this much effort on a simple bit of exposition. <clears throat> the trio eventually come upon Betty Boop, who displays the reason for her then-current popularity by doing a hula dance in which a thin leg barely covers her chest. Uh, other Popeye websites uh, have said that if you look closely enough, you can actually see one of Betty's nipples briefly exposed. I haven't examined the car cartoon that thoroughly, having sworn off arousal by animated characters after my traumatic experience with Jessica Rabbit. Now for a guy who wants everyone, including his new movie audience, to like him, Popeye is awfully brash. He jumps on the sta stage and does the hula dance right in sync with Betty Boop, though one imagines he'd be considerably less popular if his clothing was as minimal as Betty's. In fact, Popeye is so eager to show off his dance lessons, he doesn't even notice Bluto's kidnapping of Olive until Betty points it out to him. Bluto demands of Olive, marry me, which, as the later Popeye cartoon, for better or worse, or blatantly demonstrated, was the 30s movie equivalent of Give Me Some Lovin'. Bluto's it is so off the charts that he barely gives Olive a chance to brush him off before he ties her to a railroad track, with one of the track's own beams, of course. Popeye intervenes, and of course, Bluto starts to wail on him, but Popeye is so blasé about what is to become a standard motif for this series, he quietly lies on the ground, as if he was on a picnic instead of getting his butt kicked. Eh, what does Popeye care? The spinach will keep. Not surprisingly, Popeye knocks Bluto and the oncoming train flat, and still squeezes in the final line of his theme song at the finale, establishing that he's going to be with us for quite some time, and we darn well better get used to it. It's a threat one can live with. My rating of this cartoon, four out of four spinach cans. Well, that's it for my debut of my Popeye podcast. Let me mention a couple of other things. <clears throat> I have a Facebook page devoted to Popeye, not specifically to this podcast, but I've been running it for quite a while trying to attract Popeye fans who are, uh, appreciate flashy cartoons as much as I do. So if you look, want to try to find me on Facebook, please look under Salty Steve's Popeye page. Uh also, I have an email address if you would like to write to me and let me know what you think of this podcast. That email address is podcast at outlook.com. Let me repeat that. podcast, all one word, at outlook.com. Hope you'll let me know what you think of this. And uh, lastly, I have two other podcasts that I've created devoted to some of my movie comedy heroes. One of the podcasts is completed. The other one is in progress. The completed one is Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. Uh, if you want to find it, go to anchor.fm slash, and then put in that title with dashes between it, Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast, or Google it and you should be able to find it. Uh, 
Same thing with the second one. The second one is one I've just started, and it's devoted to Charlie Chaplin. The name of it is Laughing Gas, a Charlie Chaplin podcast. And it's the same thing for that. If you want to go directly to it, go to anchor.fm slash, and then put in that name with dashes in between the words. Laughing Gas, a Charlie Chaplin podcast. I welcome you to visit any and all those. And I hope if you're listening to any or all of those, you will hit the subscribe. Well, I, I guess I should say for this one, hit the subscribe button for the Popeye one since I just started that. And also the Chaplin one, the Laurel and Hardy one is completed, although you're welcome to listen to all its episodes. All right. I think I have babbled on enough, and I hope that uh, I've at least gotten the, the point of my love of these wonderful Fleischer cartoons across. Uh, I will bring you episode two shortly. And until next time, this is Steve Bailey saying, Goodbye.